Well, these are challenging times, but I want to assure you, if you can win the morning, you can win the day. Hey, this is going to be a short episode, just with some encouraging points. I'm not a doctor, but I think this will help. There must be lights burning brighter somewhere. Got to be birds flying higher in a sky more blue. If I can dream of a better land where all my brothers walk hand in hand, tell me why. Well, just a little bit of Elvis there to warm us up this morning. Take us into that. Always grateful to hear about hope and a better time. And we're going to continue talking about that today. Now, has it ever been this bad before? Well, we'll get a little historical perspective. How do sea turtles survive or die? I think you'll find that interesting. And what are three things to do every morning? And what's more important than your products or services right now? Well, this is Dan Miller. We're going to be talking about just some short tips of encouragement today. I'm not a physician. Don't pretend to be. You don't need more information about what's going on statistically, but I just want to be the voice of hope and encouragement regardless. Our quotation for today comes from the Bible. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And our resource for you today is our Acres of Diamonds. Go to 48days.com slash acres. Free resource. Sometimes your best opportunity is still sitting there right under your nose. Well, how do we respond? To this present crisis. You know, when we're in a crisis, we tend to think it's never been this bad before, no matter what it is. Back in 249 AD, 249 AD, Western civilization was being devastated by one of the deadliest pandemics in history. The city of Rome was said to have been losing an estimated 5,000 people a day at the height of the outbreak. That was just in one city. 5,000 people a day. Then we had the Spanish flu back in 1918, 1919. The Asian flu in 1957. The Hong Kong flu in 1968. 1945, we had the worldwide threat of the atomic bomb. Golly, I was a junior in high school when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. We thought the world was going to be over as we knew it at that point. On April 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. Now, most of you are old enough to remember Y2K, back when the clock was going to tick over to the year 2000. So we knew, we were being told that the stock market was going to totally crash. Airplanes would fall out of the air because the air traffic control system would be destroyed and we'd be thrown into a recession like the world had never known. Well, that didn't happen. 
fortunately didn't happen. And there's not just comparing that to now, but that didn't happen. It wasn't as bad as what we anticipated. Really, there wasn't much of a ripple when that happened. And most of you are old enough to remember the events of 9-11 back in 2001. Again, with that tragedy, the two towers hit, getting hit, we knew the world would never be the same again, and we were in mortal fear for what might happen after that. A crisis always means a turning point. But fear is spreading faster than the physical challenges right now. The real damage is not physical, but social and economic. So the first step in getting traction for moving forward is to get a hold of the negative emotion. I mean, discouragement sets in really when when there's just a strong desire to keep things the same. Well, we're in a time when things are not going to be the same. But a crisis reveals what's already in us. So your response tells a lot about who you are, who you were a year ago, five years ago. If you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. This situation reveals what we're all about. Now, also in difficult times is when wisdom occurs. It doesn't come when things are just smoothly rolling along. It comes when we're in difficult times. Years ago, I was helping my son, Jared, who then was a teenager, study a biblical character. He'd been assigned that through his homeschooling program, was studying a biblical character, and he chose Solomon. Well, I thought, cool, you know, I know about Solomon. I heard the Bible stories when I was a kid, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Well, in doing a little research, I was surprised to discover that that word wisdom was never used in connection with Solomon. We say he was the wisest man who ever lived, but that's not what he asked God for. When God said he could have anything that he wanted, he said, well, you've given me all these people to take care of. Lord, give me an understanding heart. And I thought, wow, if that's the key to wisdom, I want that. It was a real profound moment for me, more so than Jared in his studies, I'm sure. But this is when we get an understanding heart in times like this. Now, let me tell you about the sea turtles. This is kind of an insert, but it's relevant. Right now is the time when sea turtles are being hatched all up and down the shores of Florida. So how do they know to head into the ocean when they emerge from their nest. Well, here's the deal. They have an inborn tendency. They have an inborn instinct, an inborn destiny to move toward the brightest direction. And on a natural beach, that brightest direction is the open view of the night sky. When there's a moon, the the ocean is lit up. That's where they naturally go. But... Now there are distractions. Now along those shores are hotels, restaurants, condos, right along the beach. I mean, the light from those is a distraction. And it often draws those little turtles away from their God-given and life-saving direction. You know, distractions are often the enemy of greatness. What we've got going on right now is a distraction. Now, two things can happen. It can totally misdirect us from our God-given destiny, or it can open our eyes to something that we've been missing, something that we haven't seen, and the distraction draws attention to what the new opportunities are. Well, I hope that's true for you. I hope that's your response to this. 
And let me just assure you, leaders don't panic in a crisis. Leaders would not be necessary if things were just smooth. I mean, there's an old saying, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. I mean, think about that. A smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. A sailor becomes skilled at sailing when there's a challenge, when there's danger, when there's unexpected circumstances. Hey, now's the time to become the, that skilled sailor. Well, hey, just a gentle reminder here. Again, this is going to be very different than most podcasts, but I want to continue to hear your questions, your thoughts, your success stories, your new discoveries, your overcoming distractions, those kind of things. Hey, just shoot me those notes at askdan at 48days.com. Again, as always, submit your questions right into askdan at 48days.com. Now, what we want to do in this is not look for returning to the way things were. I mean, a subtitle, I've seen people posting it on social media, the subtitle for 48 Days to the Work You Love, the version that I wrote back in 2015, subtitle is Preparing for the New Normal. This is the new normal. We're not going to go back to the way things were. Look for something better. The challenges that we're seeing right now for sports, TV, education, food service, all of those things are having to discover new ways of continuing, new ways of serving. Crisis never leaves us the same. We'll not go back to just the way things were when they were normal. When the normal jobs and businesses go away, the challenge is wide open for entrepreneurs to figure out new ways of creating value. So this is a big opportunity to be useful when other people are paralyzed. But here's the thing. Right now, rather than just focusing on your products and services, focus on your relationships. I mean, I've been amazed the last few days at people just reaching out, phone calls from people I haven't heard from in four or five years. I'm doing the same, making phone calls. Focus on relationships. Yeah, we'll have opportunities to provide our products and services again. Hopefully this will be a temporary state of affairs, but strengthen relationships. Relationships are what get us through these times. You know, when people are isolated, that's when they feel frightened or confused. So yes, distance yourself physically, but not socially. We hear that term social distancing. That's really not a helpful thing. We want to stay connected socially. And there's a whole, so many ways that we can do that, fortunately. So even if we're physically isolated, we can stay connected. But don't isolate yourself so much so that you allow fear and confusion to take over. You know, this, this is one of those interesting times. In retrospect, we'll look back and we'll see that there were people who were ruined, people who lost everything in this period of time. And there were people who became millionaires. I mean, it's not just all negative. There are people who are seeing opportunities right now. And obviously there are some sectors of business that are exploding where there is more demand than there's possible supply for that. So recognize opportunities. But as this continues, I want to give you just a little a couple of tips about a morning routine as well, and we'll wrap up with that. But the person who can do the most to protect and improve your future right now is the person you see in the mirror each morning. 
Now, what do you think? Is that person somebody that you trust, somebody that you think has solutions, somebody that has the confidence, boldness, and enthusiasm to carry through, somebody who has what it takes to be a leader or not? You know, people sometimes ask me, you know, what is it, what kind of habits do I have that attribute to any success that I've been able to experience? And I tell them, nothing has contributed more to my success than my reverence for the first two hours of every day. What I do in that time sets the stage for the day that I'm going to have. I'm normally in bed by 9.30 and then awake by 5.30. You can do the math there. Yeah, I like to have eight hours of sleep. I haven't used an alarm in years and years. I simply wake up when I'm fully rested. When I get out of the bed, I drop to the floor and next room next door so I don't disturb Joanne, but I drop to the floor, do yoga stretches for about five minutes. I got some things that really protect my lower back and keep me vibrant and limber. The next 10 minutes, I walk through my house. I start at one end all the way down at the end of the hall, looking out the windows for the first signs of the sunrise and early morning, rabbits, deer, squirrels, birds that make their home on our property. And I express verbally, out loud, gratitude for the life that I have. My goodness, it's so easy to be thankful for, you know, where I live, for health, for the kids that I have, the grandkids I get to enjoy. You know, the fact that we have food in the refrigerator, the fact that I can go out and enjoy nature outside. I go on and on, but that's what I do, express gratitude out loud. Then the next 20 minutes, I sit in my favorite chair in our living room just for a time of quiet meditation, contemplative prayer. I always have books that I'm reading. I usually read a chapter in an inspirational book during that period of time. Then I hit the treadmill for a minimum of 48 minutes where I listen to positive, inspirational podcasts and audiobooks. Then I'll leisurely shave and shower and I'm ready to go. But by then my mind, body, and spirit are prepared for whatever the day can bring. Nothing is more important than those first two hours. Now, incidentally, I never start the day with text, email, phone, Facebook, TV, news of any kind. Even in times like these, I don't do that. That is not what I want in my mind the first thing in the morning. Those can come later, and yes, realistically checking in, but it's not the way I want to start my day with that spirit of reverence and awe. So if you can win the morning, even now, if you can win the morning, you can win the day. And I recommend you have three things that you include, movement, meditation, and mastery. Many recommendations out there. Those just happen to be mine. Those three things have worked well for me for years, movement, meditation, and mastery, learning something. Well, for 30 years, I've worked with people going through unexpected and unwelcome change. Transformation and growth occur when you come out with something better, not just reestablishing the old normal. And whatever you do, don't watch the news and then go to bed. Wow, that's going to set you up for restless terror in your sleep. I mean, keep in mind, again, the news media, yeah, we want to know what's going on, but the news media is a business itself. And it's thriving right now because it has all this negativity to share. I mean, there's a competition for who can tell the scariest story. I mean, we'd love to think that you can find some source out there that's objective and kind, but uh, pretty hard to make a case for that. Remember the stories you heard as a little kid, those scary stories, the little, um, I can't think of the, the, the fables that we used to hear, but 
Stories like the three little pigs. Well, the wolf eats the first two little pigs. That's pretty scary. Little Red Riding Hood, the wolf eats a grandmother and then the Little Red Riding Hood. Gingerbread Man, the fox offers to carry the gingerbread man across the river and then midstream he flips him off his nose and eats him. My goodness. I mean, we've got, you know, for years, you know, writers, novel writers write scary stories that sell. Stephen King, people like that, those stories sell. Well, in the news media, Doing the same thing. Who can tell the scariest story? Keeping the news scary keeps us glued to the screen, which they then infuse with highly paid commercials to influence our thinking once again. Wow, I don't want those things to have that kind of control over my over my mind. Just don't want it to be that way. Well, just some wrap-up tips here, just reminders. Focus on your relationships more than your products or services right now. Got just four points for you here. That's the first one. Focus on your relationships more than your products or services right now. We'll have time for that again later and hopefully very soon. Number two, if you can win the morning, you can win the day. Number three, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. And number four, the person who can do the most to protect and improve your future is the person you see in the mirror each morning. And remember our resource, Acres of Diamonds. Great little story, no matter what's going on. Just jump over to 48days.com slash acres. You'll realize sometimes the best opportunity is right under your nose, even when you weren't expecting or didn't think it was there. Again, if you got questions, success stories, things you're doing to overcome the distractions right now, shoot those into me. Love hearing those. Just send them to Ask Dan. At 48days.com. Got some great podcasts already recorded, some really inspiring stories that I didn't want to be overshadowed by what's going on right now. Thus, just a short version today, a little bit of tips for encouragement. We'll be back next week with regular editions of 48 Days Radio. 